Again, we've been talking about uh, Daniel being divided into uh, three divisions. Um, chapter one, again, is in Hebrew. Uh, chapters two through seven uh, deal with um, the Gentile nations, as we're going to see tonight. That's written in Aramaic. And then it reverts back to Hebrew from chapters eight to 12. So tonight, we're actually coming to the end of the second division of the book of Daniel. This we're in chapter seven. Then next week, we'll be in the third division, beginning with chapter eight. Um, the first thing we notice is that Daniel here is not writing in a chronological order because chapter six, it was in the year of Darius, which would have been the Medes and the Persians. But when you look at chapter seven, it was the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. So we're going back to the Babylonian time when Daniel would have been uh, serving in the Babylonian Empire. So we, we don't have a, um, uh, a chronology that's in order. God gives to Daniel several visions of four beasts, which are quite remarkable. Daniel had these visions at different periods. And what I'd like to point out as we look at verse one in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions and notice that it's with an S. So when he had this in the first year of Belshazzar, it wasn't just one dream that he had. He had a dream and then we, he had uh, three visions that will go along with it. God speaks to Daniel through the vision of the four beast uh, to satisfy his heart and to give him uh, the explanation he needed. In Daniel's vision of the metallic image, the outward splendor and glory of the kingdom was demonstrated and that was what God knew would attract Nebuchadnezzar. So what we're seeing here is a different version of chapter 2. So what appealed to Nebuchadnezzar, he was his head of gold and the image that's there. Now, this is given to Daniel and he's coming at it from a completely different perspective. He's gonna focus in, in this vision he gives to Daniel, God lets him in on the inward character and the true nature of these kingdoms. Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Grecian, and Roman. And so what you saw in chapter two what we're now going to see their inward attitudes and action. Um, what are these kingdoms? Well, they're like wild beasts in nature. They're destructive killers. The four beasts of Daniel's vision, of course, corresponds to the four metals in the image of Nebuchadnezzar's vision. In the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, the historian Edward Gibbon, who was not a Christian, said, The four empires are clear. And the invincible armies of the Romans uh, are described with much clarity in the prophecies of Daniel, as in the history of, of Justice and Dioris. The following charts summarize the correspondence between the two visions and the four kingdoms they represent. I'm going to put something up on the screen right now, and I'm going to leave it up for the duration of the study, because as you look at this, basically we're once again going back to chapter two, and um, Nebuchadnezzar, of course, is a head of, head of gold, 
but in chapter seven, he's gonna be the lion. Some, if you might have a translation, it might say um, a, a panther or a leopard. Um, but it's the lion and it represents um, Babylon. The arms of silver, the bear, um, in chapter seven is the Medo-Persians and the sides of brass, the panther, the leopard, um, of course, was uh, um, Alexander. And then the legs of iron in chapter two uh, is this uh, terrible beast in, in chapter seven, which represents Rome. And then it's gonna go on to describe the 10 toes, and that's the one we're really interested in because everybody has their different opinions of what's happening in the world right now and why. Um, Mary's gonna be doing an update on um, uh, pharmacia or pharmacy and the use of it. And half the news that you hear about today is, well, it was on the news tonight. They think they just found one that will help people in the final stages of uh, the the COVID-19. And um, so there's that perspective of looking at it. Uh, What we want to do is be able to understand that there's a whole other dimension to what's going on, besides big money and the pharmaceutical industry and so on and so forth. It has to do with um, globalism. It has to do with Trump's re-election and how that turns out. Um, but we want to look at it from a biblical perspective because that's what this chapter is about. It's about what happens at the end of this thing and what the powers that be, what are they really trying to accomplish? Well, we're going to um, see here that um, there clearly is a one world government that is on the horizon. And, you know, I've been teaching this for over 40 years and always knew it was going to happen. What I didn't know is how it was going to happen. Now I know how it's going to happen because that's where this is all leading up to and it's traveling exponentially, fast, very, very fast. So talk about a Bible study and timing and it being pertinent and relevant to what's going on in our world today. And yet so few people uh, don't have a clue from a biblical perspective because they don't teach the book of Daniel or the book of Revelation. Mainline Protestantism, mainline Roman Catholicism do not have a clue. They certainly don't, the Roman Catholics certainly don't want to teach it because it calls for the destruction of Rome, clearly in chapter 17. And it's ex- clearly exposed in the church of Thyatira. They don't want to go there. <laughs> All right, so we made it past the first five words. He had visions uh, on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream telling the main things. Verses two through four. Now Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold the four winds of the heaven were stirring up the great sea. This is a reference to the Mediterranean Sea and corresponds also in Revelation to the woman that sat upon many waters and the sea. And the four beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. And we go to the first beast was like a lion, and he had eagle's wings, and I watched till his wings were plucked off, 
and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Now, we know after Nebuchadnezzar had his dream that um, the Lord humbled him, and we know that in chapter two, the head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar. Well, this lion here now is also speaking of Nebuchadnezzar. And basically what happened to him when um, he says that uh, the wings were plucked uh, evidently refers to the humbling of Nebuchadnezzar when he made the image of solid gold and asked everybody to bow down to it. And um, the Lord caused his nature to be changed like that of a beast, and he acted like one. Remember seven seasons? We don't know if it was seven years, seven months, but it was long enough for his hair to grow real long, and it was was there long enough for his fingernails to become like uh, eagle's claws. And until a man's heart was given to it, he came to his senses and then he declares, and when you read that chapter, the first three verses says, I'm Nebuchadnezzar, I'm the king of the whole world and I want to give my testimony about how God humbled me. But after I came to my senses, it says here that he had a man's heart was given to it And I believe that refers to when he came to his senses and he came back and he realized that there's only one God and that he wasn't it. (laughs) And so in this one verse, it's the Lord speaking to Daniel um, about Nebuchadnezzar, but not as a shining image, but what he went through in his humbling process and how he came to his senses once again And a man's heart was given to it. And remember when we went through it, he was restored to his position uh, that he had before. So that's the first beast. The second one is in verse uh, five. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear. It was raised up on one side, had three ribs in his mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, arise, devour much flesh. Uh, The three ribs in the mouth are the three kingdoms that constituted the empire, which would have been Babylon, Lydia, and Egypt. And um, it is, again, a reference to uh, the Medes and the Persians and their reign. And um, again, it's represented here as a bear. In verse six, after this I looked and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads and dominion was given to it. Now, the historians who don't like to to take the book of Daniel, when you get to verses like this and you know the history of Alexander the Great and he died somewhere between the ages of 30 and 33, he had conquered the known world and... um, when it talks about uh, Alexander and when he died, they said, who does the empire belong to? And he said, give it to the strong. And it's a reference to his four generals. 
Neither one of them, of these four, were Alexander the Great. Uh, They each had their own gifts. Um, Alexander was probably, could have been the greatest general of all time, next Napoleon, throw in a couple there. But the four generals of Alexander, what's made reference to here, and dominion was given to these four heads. Well, let me tell you who they were. Um, Cassander took Macedonia, Lysimachus took Asia Meyer, Seleucus took Syria, out of which came the little horn that we'll be talking about next week in Daniel 8. We'll be talking about a guy named Antioch Epiphanes. And Antioch Epiphanes is a foreshadow in a very, very direct way of the Antichrist because they both do the same thing. Coming back from an invasion, we'll get in more detail next week, when... um, um, uh, Seleucus was coming back from um, warring Ptolemy, which was the fourth general. He was in Egypt. And on his way back to Syria, he invades Jerusalem and goes into the temple and he puts, um, uh, takes out in the Holy of Holy, he puts in um, an idol. And they actually called it the abomination of desolation. And Antioch Epiphanes is definitely a, a foreshadow of this. So those are, are the four that divided up the kingdom. So go back to verse six. And it says, Alexander is a leopard. And on his back, four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads and dominion was given to them. And um, historians they cannot deny that this is exactly what happened. It's part of uh, human history. Verse seven. Now after this, I saw in the night visions, notice plural, not one vision, but visions. And behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, trampling the residue with its feet. And it was different from all the beasts that were before it and it had 10 horns. And I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little horn, coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. So in verse seven, we have... More attention is given to this fourth beast than to all of the others three put together. This section is very important to us because we are living in the time of the fourth beast. Can I say that again? We're living in the times right now when what we all this stuff from a biblical perspective what's happening is a formation of an empire that was, because if you look back on the chart, this one here is going to be Rome. And in chapter two, it was legs of iron. Here, we have Rome. Uh, Rome fell from within, but it's going to be resurrected. Uh, The vision of this fourth beast is made even more important to us because it's not yet, uh, because it's yet unfulfilled. As it refers to the ten, um, the, the ten, the ten horns that are there in verse seven. 
Apparently, we are living in some period toward the end of time. The visions of the three beasts have been fulfilled, which means three-fourths of the prophecy has already been literally fulfilled. There remains the future only, the time of the horns. The fourth kingdom of Rome has already appeared. Although it fell apart, it will come back together in ten kingdoms. Now, Mary gave a partial update on. We're going to be getting into more of that as when this thing all uh, comes together, falls apart, comes together. We're seeing that happen right now. Um, I personally feel there's going to be a lull in the storm that there will be a time where things appear to get somewhat back to normal. And the reason I say that is because of Matthew chapter 24. It's like the days of Noah. The days of Noah were known for one primary, primary thing, and that was lawlessness. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? As we watched just since last week, what has happened. We've gone from the attention being focused on a global pandemic to lawlessness. Just on the news tonight, things... Uh, another shooting in uh, uh, two officers um, um, shot a black man in Atlanta. And that's what's making news right now. And that's just causing more and more uh, riots and lawlessness uh, around, uh, around the entire planet. So the signs are compounding. And uh, the reason I went to Matthew chapter 24 lawlessness was one of the things that happened, but it also was a time when people were uh, marrying and giving in marriage, and it's a picture of normality, everyday life, until it says the time that um, Noah was taken out. That's the picture that we have in First Peter. It was the righteous that were taken out, according to First Peter. And Lot was righteous, and he was taken out. And yet they were living... In, in Noah's time, it was a complete man did what was right in his own eyes. That's what we're told uh, when, we, when we read that back in Genesis. So um, Dave Hunt has always said, and I've always agreed with him, that there will be that appearance of tranquility where people will be getting married and life will seem to get back to normal and then the big one will hit, which is the rapture of the church. So... When we get to chapter four, we're just gonna have one Sunday where it's just gonna be nothing, we'll talk about nothing except why there has to be a rapture. There has to be a rapture. And that'll be coming up when we get into, uh, when we get through the churches. This week we're um, in Philadelphia and then next week we'll be in uh, the last church of the seven churches, Laodicea, but then we start chapter four and that study will We'll just do one verse and the whole study will be, and the title will probably be Why There Has to Be a Rapture. Now, if you think this is messing with people's heads and the global pandemic and lawlessness all over the place and people who don't know the Lord or have any understanding at all that have lost their jobs, they're confused, they're depressed and they want to get out and they can't, and um, they don't have the comfort and hope that we have. So what Dave Hunt has always said, and I agree with him, 
that the thing that will demand a world leader and a world government will be the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church, I mean, what's happening right now is uh, kindergarten stuff compared to millions of people just gone in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. We're going to be changed. And um, it'll happen that quick. And that is going to really shake up the world like it's never, ever been shaken up before. Okay, so we left off with um, um, verse 8. And we have ten horns, so the, when the one world government comes together, this last one, the ten toes of, of uh, uh, chapter two, and here, instead of ten toes, we have ten horns, and that is the world government made up of ten different kings, ten different regions. But then it says, a little horn coming up among them, So this one here, before whom three of the first kings were plucked out by the roots. I can only speculate here. Um, When he comes, uh, his goal, Satan's goal has always been to be worshipped. And um, he's the one in Daniel 9 when we get there. Well, we're only a couple of pages away, so just turn to it and we'll look at it. 927 tells us uh, that he, in verse 27, is the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one week. So this is the peace treaty that the Antichrist here, he's called the little horn. And uh, he makes a covenant with Israel for seven years, but in the middle of the week, he will bring the end of the sacrifice and offering. Well, that tells us a whole lot. It tells us the temple's gonna be rebuilt and that they're going to be going back to the sacrifices And on the wings of abomination, it will be one who makes desolate. Well, this is future tense. There's a gap between uh, verse 26, which is about Jesus and him being crucified. And the Romans and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city. Well, we know that the Romans destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD. Jesus predicted it. So we know that verse 26 is 2,000 years ago. And we know that verse 27 is still yet future. Uh, the he is the prince of the people who is to come. That's why we associate that the Antichrist comes out of the revived Roman Empire because of this, one of the strongest verses right here. The people, the Romans, of the prince who is to come, the Antichrist. So he's tied in with, uh, in this way, with um, the revived Roman Empire or these 10 heads. Now going back, evidently three of these kings don't want anything to do with it and so they're removed. And again, I can only speculate uh, they don't like what he's doing or whatever. And there in this horn was the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. So... um, Another little horn becomes the key to the entire situation. He uproots three of the ten horns and establishes himself over everything. Um, A mouth speaking great things denotes the blasphemy of of the man. And we'll be going to Revelation in just a little bit, showing exactly, that's exactly what he does. It brings us to verses 9 through 10. And now this would be a different vision 
because it shifts to the heaven and the throne of God is revealed. Uh, We'll be going to Revelation and have more detail given to verses nine and 10 in just uh, a little bit here. Um, Verse nine, I watched till thrones were put in place and the ancient of days was seated His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, his wheels a burning fire, and a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. This is important and where we connect dots with the book of Revelation. A thousand thousand ministered to him, 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him, the court was seated and the books were opened. Now, what Revelation will do is give us detail to what we just read here. Uh, let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter four. Like I said, we'll, we're gonna get through one verse, but then um, we'll go on and connect the dots. When we teach through chapter four, we'll be going back to Daniel. Um, what he alludes to, Daniel alludes to, John sees. And he gives, gives us more detail about these thrones. And then in chapter five, I'll show you that the 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands are actually the angelic realm. So let's pick it up in verse one of chapter four. Um, after these things. Now this starts the third division of the book of Revelation. Chapter one is one section, right to things you've seen. Chapters two and three, the church age, we're living in it now, that those are the things that are. And beginning with chapter four, verse one, is the third division of the book, the things that are after the church. After these things I look and behold a door standing open in heaven, and a voice which I heard was like a trumpet uh, speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, we have more clarity than Daniel gives us in the next verse. And he who sat there was like a jasper and sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the thrones there were 24 thrones. So Daniel mentions Thrones, but he doesn't tell us how many. Here we're told how many. There's 24. I saw 24 um, elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their head. Um, I personally believe they're representative of the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 uh, apostles. And the reason I say that is when you get to the New Jerusalem, it talks about the gates being named after the 12, um, see they're the apostles, and the 12 foundations are named after the um, 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, that's why I believe it's 24 here, and what it's referring to. Verse five, and from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven lamps and burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So more detail is uh, given in these verses right here. 
And now if you go to chapter five, let me just read verse 11, because Daniel makes reference to it. Um, Verse 11, I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and a number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands. Now that's word for word, what we read back in Daniel, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and, and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such that are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. So the reason I know that these, these are angels and not uh, the church, the church is right before it. They're singing a different song. Um, we read in verse nine, after Jesus takes the scroll and opens it up, verse five, um, John is told, behold, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the, the scroll and to, to loose its seven seals. And then we find uh, another group in heaven, and this group, in verse nine, they sang a new song. Uh, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. Angels will not be redeemed. The ones that rebelled will be forever condemned. And this group of people are from every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation, and you've made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So they're singing a song that only somebody who's been born again can sing. They've been redeemed, we sing the song, I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And uh, so we're singing a new song. So we got two different things going on here. We got the church worshiping, singing, And then Daniel refers to 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands and thousands. They're not singing a song of redemption. They're singing a song glorifying the creator. Uh, Everything he made in the sea, all the creatures, all the animals. So when we get to four and five, um, before the seals are open, we already find the church in heaven and redeemed. And I'll, I'll talk about that in just a little bit because we're gonna have people getting saved even after the rapture. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so let's go back to Daniel. Chapter seven, we left off with verse nine and 10. It says, uh, I'll read um, again, uh, verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him and a thousand thousands ministered to him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated. Well, Revelation tells us there were 24 seats and the books were opened. Now, verse 11 tells us, we'll look at 11 and 12 together, and it reverts back to verse eight and um, the Antichrist. 
Daniel said, I watched them because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. And I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. And as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Um, here in verses uh, 11 and 12, we find uh, that I need to have you turn to Revelation chapter 19. It just tells us that the little horn, the Antichrist, um, his body is destroyed, but it doesn't tell us how. But if you go to Revelation chapter 19, let me draw your attention to verse 20. Then the beast, that's who Daniel is talking about, was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and whose who worshiped the image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. So again, more detail, more information. Go back to Daniel. And let's connect those two. And by now, is it beginning to become apparent that you really can't understand the book of Revelation unless you have a pretty good understanding of the book of Daniel. And it one verifies the other and um, gives us confidence, let me put it that way, that if three out of the four have already come, I have every confidence that there's gonna be a one world government with an antichrist ruling over it. And uh, he speaks blasphemies against the Lord according to Revelation chapter 13. So that brings us to, let's go back now to verse, um, uh, pick it up with verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and again I want to emphasize the plurality, visions, plural. And behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom the one which will not be destroyed. Back in chapter two, when you saw the image, remember it says there was a stone not cut with hands, came out of nowhere, and it smote the image the image crumbles and the wind blows it away. And what replaced the stone was a great mountain. And from it, it goes on to tell us that um, this mountain becomes a kingdom. But in contrast to these other worldly kingdoms that have come, they've gone. And now this last 10 horns is destroyed the Antichrist is thrown into the lake of fire with the false prophets. But in contrast, this kingdom is going to last forever and ever and ever. 
And um, we shouldn't be confused because it does refer here to the thousand year reign, the millennium, but that simply evolves into eternity. Um, And we'll get into the detail with that when we get to Revelation 20. So these verses here, 13 and 14, uh, the word of God, if you're taking notes, you want to write down Micah 4, verse 2. Uh, the word of God makes it very clear that the location of this kingdom is on the earth. In Micah 4, 2, we read, And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Let me just put in another current events that are taking place. And what we don't know, and we'll have a separate Bible study on this, is um, what's happening. Um, There's a prophecy that says that Jerusalem is going to become a cup of trembling. In other words, what are we gonna do with the problem with Jerusalem? There's a problem with Jerusalem. Do we see a problem with Jerusalem today? What's the problem? The problem is they want to annex the West Bank. And we have the Arab world saying, if you do, all hell is going to break loose. And they're not missing any words with it, especially Iran. And, you know, just asking an honest question if the Bible predicts that Jerusalem is going to become a cup of trembling and nobody knows how to answer this particular problem, simple question, do we see that in the world today? We sure do. We have Russia, the three main players, Russia, Turkey, and Iran. When we get to chapter 10, um, I just was reading this yesterday or the day before. Um, Well, just turn, it's just a page away, so um, we read in verse 13, but the prince of the king of Persia withstood me 21 days. What does that mean? The prince of the kingdom of Persia, well, we know that it's an angelic being with great authority that had the ability to stop the angel that the father sent to give a message to Daniel. Daniel prayed three weeks earlier. And he's being held up by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. In other words, an angel that's a heavyweight and evidently has the ability to have an oversight of Persia. Well, what is Persia? Well, today it's called Iran, same place. And so what we see is demonic activity against Israel. And the rhetoric right now is all about the uh, annexing of um, uh, what was Samaria and, and uh, what we call the West Bank. And it's a cup of trembling. And Trump is all for it, standing with it. And Biden went out of his way to, to make a point that he's standing with the Palestinians on this one. And, um, you know, the lines are drawn. And nobody's going to be getting along and nobody's going to compromise with what's going on right now. So we need to... Uh, um, Pray for our president in this upcoming election. Okay, so let's go back to, that was chapter 10, and um, we made it as far 
is verse 13 and 14. Let's pick it up. 15 through 17. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions, plural, on my head troubled me, and I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Now he's had the vision. Now an angel, verse 17 is the key verse in this chapter. The, the, those great beasts which are four are four kings which will rise out of the earth. So now it's very, very clear to Daniel that these beasts are four kings. Uh, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom. I don't, want, I don't know, I think I just want to go to verse 17 for right now, yeah. Uh, so the four beasts are the four kingdoms. Uh, of course, Nebuchadnezzar was Babylon, was represented the head of gold. Alexander the Great, um, Medo-Persian um, empires. And um, these wild beasts of prey, are vicious and they represent the character of the kings and the kingdoms. And we'll be looking at that more detail next week when we get into chapter eight, which talks about both of them, the Medo-Persian and Alexander the Great, and also a reference again to the, to the little horn. All right, now um, verses 18, let's pick up 18. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. And then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron, nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with his feet. And about the ten horns which were on his head, and about the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. And I was watching, and the same horn was making war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. I want to talk a little bit about um, these saints and have you turn with me to um, Revelation chapter 13. And while you're turning, um, saints, let's talk about saints. The Jews in the Old Testament were called saints. And God saved people before the day of Pentecost and he's going to be saving people after the rapture. People will come to Christ. They'll have a free will decision. Um, After the church is taken out and the tribulation begins and ends, then we go into the kingdom age where longevity of life is once again um, involved and there'll be a great population explosion, and there'll be a lot of people who will be born during this period of time that still have to make up their mind. They, just because they're in the kingdom doesn't mean they become servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have to make that decision themselves. That's why 
the devil is incarcerated for a thousand years. He's gonna be used one more time so that a choice, there's gotta be, that's why he was allowed in the garden. God didn't make Adam and Eve love him. He gave them a choice and they chose wrong. And as a result, they died. And um, what do you mean they died? They still walked around. No, Adam died. And um, they realized they were naked. I believe they were clothed in light. And when Eve sinned, I believe the light went away. And they tried to cover themselves up. A picture of man trying to cover up his sins, which is impossible to do. So, as in Adam, all men die. That's what the scriptures tell us. So also, the one man, Jesus Christ, those who accept him, all will be saved and live, and will live and serve him. And again, we'll develop that more when we get to Revelation 20. Now, if you're in Revelation 13, um, we find, uh, referring to the saints, We find in verse seven, this is a reference to the Antichrist who gets his power from the dragon. Verse seven says, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And here we have the one world government with a one world leader. And we have him overcoming the saints um, at this time and um, it, here's, here's uh, the, the, the scriptural basis for that uh, more detail given in the New Testament alright let's go back and we'll finish this up here Revelation Daniel chapter 7 let's pick it up with um, the lengthiest interpretation of this fourth beast uh, 23, it says, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces, and the ten horns are ten kings. Everything we're reading and closing with tonight is unfolding right now, and it's in reference to this future um, Kingdom, which according to Daniel nine, are the uh, will come from the Roman Empire. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be different from the first ones, and again subdue the three kings, and he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and he shall intend to change the times and the laws. So what we're having in our country right now, and we'll talk about it when we get to Laodicea, we see that people want to take away our First Amendment rights. Uh, They want to change things. They want to change society. Some want to get rid of law enforcement. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And yet they're talking literally about doing that. Instead of uh, allegiance to America, it's now take a knee. I was thinking about it while they were doing worship tonight. Um, 
It says every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. I'll take a knee someday, but not now. (laughs) Every knee is gonna bow, but it's only gonna be to the king of kings and lord of lords. I haven't asked for an amen all night. I need one now. Amen. But my friends, it's unfolding. And for those who have eyes to see what's happening, it's happening. Uh, They're wanting, we're seeing the foreshadow of our society that's lawless wanting to change standards that our country was built on. Uh, I would not necessarily say all of our founding fathers were Christians, but we do say that it was laid on the foundation of a Judeo-Christian ethics. And um, that all changed in 63 when they threw prayer out of the school. And it's been downhill ever since. And we had Roe v. Wade in 73. And now we got the calling for the dismantling of our Constitution and of our law enforcement. And they're serious about it. Look at Seattle. They're actually, they're actually doing it uh, in Seattle. Talk about sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> that takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> All right, let's finish this up. Then the saints shall be given into his hands for time and time and half a times. All right, this is, a, this is one of the verses that again tie in the book of Daniel to the book of Revelation. This is a three and a half year period of time. After um, Satan is kicked out of heaven, it says he knows that he has a short time. How much of a short time? Well, three and a half years. Um, 1,260 days, 42 months. Or in this case, times, uh, time, singular, one year, times, plural, two, two and one is three, and a half, three and a half years. But we have the same verbiage in the book of Revelation. And again, the Holy Spirit is throwing that at us so that basically telling us you need, these two books go together and you need to study them as one. Uh, verse 26, but the court was seated and they shall take away his dominion, and then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Talk about, we would call this last verse blowing your mind. Daniel had dream. And he had these visions. Same as Nebuchadnezzar's interpretation, but now Daniel gets it in these forms over here of these um, power-hungry world leaders that simply really want the power. And Dan, this last verse here, this is the end of the account. And as for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. So we have a completely different perspective from chapter two. Um, the, um, you can't, I'll close by saying, you can't understand the book of Revelation without knowing the book of Daniel. And if your mind isn't blown with all that's going on in the world today, now we can have literally a biblical perspective either from the pandemic or lawlessness or wanting to change rules 
It's all we, we're seeing all the foreshadowing of that right now. There's a reason why the Lord said and rebuked the church of Sardis. He says, because you will not watch. And the question is, watch for what? Well, everything that's happening right now from a biblical perspective, because it's out there. Whether not you want to talk about wars and rumors of wars happening, that's the news just today, of what's happening between North and South Korea. Whether or not you want to talk about Jerusalem, is there potential for it to become a cup of trembling? Oh yeah, the whole world is arguing about what they should do in this particular situation. And then just within the last, since the beginning of this year, global pandemic and now lawlessness around the world. How does that make, does that make you feel warm and fuzzy all over? (laughs) No, but I'll tell you what, it gives me hope. It gives me hope because I know what God's word said is going to happen next. And it's not gonna be long and you're gonna hear a voice that's just gonna say, come up here. And um, when that happens, there, that has to happen because God's gonna pour out his wrath on, his, on this world. And his wrath has been poured out upon uh, the Lord Jesus Christ for you and me. And there's no way that we can enter into the seven year period of time because of it. There has to be a rapture. So that's our hope. Let's stand and we'll close in prayer. Lord, we're so grateful that you've um, told these things to us ahead of time. But Lord, we have to agree with Daniel. Once we understand it, it can be troubling and our countenance can change unless we realize that you got a end plan for the church. And that is uh, the glorious, what your word calls the blessed hope, the glorious hope that we have that you'll come for your bride um, and take us to our chambers uh, before these things unfold. But certainly, Lord, we are seeing what you told us to watch for, and we thank you that you've shown us these things ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, three and a half years, um, 1,260 days, 42 months, or in this case, times, uh, time, singular, one year, times, plural, two, two and one is three, and a half, three and a half years. But we have the same verbiage in the book of Revelation. And again, the Holy Spirit is throwing that at us so that basically telling us you need, these two books go together and you need to study them as one. Uh, verse 26, but the court was seated and they shall take away his dominion And then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominion shall serve and obey him. Talk about, we would call this last verse, blowing your mind. Daniel had a dream and he had these visions Same as Nebuchadnezzar's interpretation, but now Daniel gets it in these forms over here of these um, power-hungry world leaders that simply really want the power. And this last verse here, this is the end of the account. And as for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, 
and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. So we have a completely different perspective from chapter two. Um, the, um, you can't, I'll close by saying, you can't understand the book of Revelation without knowing the book of Daniel. And if your mind isn't blown with all that's going on in the world today, now we can have literally a biblical perspective, either from the pandemic or lawlessness or wanting to change rules. It's all we, we're seeing all the foreshadowing of that right now. There's a reason why the Lord said and rebuked the church of Sardis. He says, because you will not watch. And the question is, watch for what? Well, everything that's happening right now from a biblical perspective because it's out there. Whether or not you want to talk about wars and rumors of wars happening, that's the news just today of what's happening between North and South Korea. Whether or not you want to talk about Jerusalem, is there potential for it to become a cup of trembling? Oh yeah, the whole world is arguing about what they should do in this particular situation. And then just within the last, since the beginning of this year, global pandemic and now lawlessness around the world. How does that make, does that make you feel warm and fuzzy all over? (laughs) No, but I'll tell you what, it gives me hope. It gives me hope because I know what God's word said is going to happen next. And it's not gonna be long and you're gonna hear a voice that's just gonna say, come up here. And um, when that happens, there, that has to happen because God's gonna pour out his wrath on, his, on this world. And his wrath has been poured out upon uh, the Lord Jesus Christ for you and me. And there's no way that we can enter into the seven year period of time because of it. There has to be a rapture. So that's our hope. Let's stand and we'll close in prayer. Lord, we're so grateful that you've um, told these things to us ahead of time. But Lord, we have to agree with Daniel. Once we understand it, it can be troubling and our countenance can change unless we realize that you got a end plan for the church. And that is uh, the glorious, what your word calls the blessed hope, the glorious hope that we have, that you'll come for your bride um, and take us to our chambers uh, before these things unfold. But certainly, Lord, we are seeing what you told us to watch for, and we thank you that you've shown us these things ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen.